everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, do you have questions? We know the answer. The Beller Student Ministry Podcast exists to equip young followers of Christ to know the Bible, to understand their faith, and to confidently share it with others. Thanks again for tuning in. And now for this week's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of the BSM Podcast. I'm Peyton here with my brother, co-partner, Michael. Everybody give it up for Michael. How's it going, everybody? Thank you, thank you. This is round two for you. We loved you so much, we wanted to have you back for another one. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Yep. Well, today, in the spirit of the season... Mm-hmm. Um, Can I, I guess? Can I guess what the topic is going to be today? <laughs> Absolutely. Guess. Is it... Halloween. This is terrifying. This is really creepy. <laughs> switch it up yeah i like this one better yeah so halloween tell me about it (laughs) no just kidding hey before we get into that let me ask you a question all right let's do this off the cuff top three halloween candies trick-or-treating or it's like seasonal candies too seasonal yeah yeah okay number one number one without a doubt is candy corn Mm, that's a good one i might even i can't do the same because it's you know basically same candy but the little pumpkins Right? The, the candy corn pumpkins. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get more quantity there. Definitely. More bang for your buck. Definitely. So, all right, candy corn, that's a good one. Um, what about you? I'm going to say dots. <laughs> that may not be the most popular amongst the uh, the crowd, but dots are a staple for me. See, this is why I like you, because when I see dots, I throw them away. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, just give them to me. <laughs> just I'll give take them to me. You can put them in a bag and just... Send them to me. I'll take them. All right. What's your number two? Number two. Number two. Butterscotch. Butterscotch. All right. Peyton is eighty-four years old. <laughs> really? I love butterscotch. Dude, I love butterscotch. What about the it's cream? Sweet. What about the cream savers? You used to get like at your grandma's house. Yeah. Y- you know, you never bought those. I don't know where they sell them, <laughs> but but people have them. People have them. So maybe they're all. From a long time ago, and we'll never know. Yeah. What's right. number two for you? Butterscotch. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Milk Duds. Now, that is a good one. Yeah. Anything caramel it's vers- and chocolate? It's versatile. It's, mm. you know, and it's maybe it's not just Halloween, because you could buy them, like, at the movie theater and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you can't go wrong with them, so that's my number two. I'm starting to see a theme here. You mm-hmm. love boxed candy. That's right. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Just had to point that out. Got to preserve the freshness. Number three for me, <laughs> number three for me, I think I'm going to go uh, mainstream. I love Kit Kats, Kit Kat Minis. Kit Kat Minis. Yeah. All right. I mean, you can't really argue with that. Um, my number three are the little packages of Twizzlers, little mini Twizzlers. Twizzlers. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, and not so much the cherry. Like, strawberry is where it's at. People like cherry. That's the traditional. Uh, but uh, strawberry is better. So. Okay. Anyways, but we agree. Candy corn is the best candy of all time. Absolutely. There's no argument. All right. Uh, So as we we get into this topic, I was thinking about this a little beforehand because you had mentioned that's what we were going to talk about. Uh, I was thinking about, dude, do you know where where ghosts go on vacation? This is a new one. No, where do they go? They go to Malibu. (laughs) Get it? Malibu? I'm full of dad jokes. This is my last appearance on the BSM podcast, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was pretty good, though. All right. 
So let's get into it. Halloween, tell me about it. Where did it come from? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, before we came on and uh, got in front of the camera, I did a little bit of research. Uh, by a little bit of research, I just mean a quick Google search. Where did Halloween come from? How did it start? I found uh, two articles, one from History.com and the other from Britannica.com, two pretty reliable sources. According to History.com, Halloween has its roots in the Celtic uh, people. The Celtics lived... Celtic, like the Boston basketball players. <laughs> it's the Celtics. <laughs> That's the Celtics, They're yeah. spelled the same way. Why are they pronounced differently? Probably the Bostons. I don't know. Don't the Bostonians. Okay. All right, so the Celtics... Of the land across the pond. What about them? Land across the pond. They lived in modern day, uh, what does it say? Ireland, the UK, northern France. Uh, and they lived about 2,000 years ago. So around around the time of Christ, um, these people across the pond, um, they participated in this ritual, which came to be known, and I don't want to mispronounce it, it came to be known as the Samhain uh, Celebration. The Festival of Samhain. Festival of Samhain. And basically what it was is the Celtics would, um, the, uh, history records, it says, um, they celebrated uh, the Samhain on November 1st. This day marked the end of the summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. So we enter into the death aspect. They keep going and say, the Celts believe that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. And on the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain uh, when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to the earth. So on top of um, these views, something also they, they also did uh, was the, the Celts ha- would have bonfires during this time, the Celtic priests the, called the Druids, that's spooky. <laughs> Thank you. We needed that. The Celts would um, build huge sacred bonfires where the people would gather to burn crops and even animals as sacrifices to the Celtic gods. And then during these sacrifices and during the celebration, the Celtics would wear costumes typically consisting of animal heads and skins and attempted to even fortune tell. So it was a lot of a lot of pagan stuff going on back then. Hmm. And that's yeah. where Halloween has its initial roots. Right and there. I heard the uh, they believed the god of death would come and sort of collect the souls of those who had died that that, that year. Goodness. Uh, so anyways, all right. Well, uh, so that's that. Did you also know that there are roots in some of the ways that this holiday is celebrated within the Catholic Church? Yeah, so tell, tell them a little bit more about that, because to use the same term, it seems like the, the paganness and the Christianness, it, it's kind of been blurred as well. So how did the two work yeah. together? So originally, um, or in, come together. in the 1600s, there was a pope, and I can't remember his name, uh, but he created a day, I think it was May 13th, where they celebrated uh, people who were martyred for the faith mm-hmm. as they spread the, uh, their faith across you know lands. Uh, and then about two centuries later, Pope Gregory III changed it from May 13th to uh, the time that we celebrate Halloween now mm-hmm. was something called All Saints Day. So it was those who were martyred, but also those who uh, who had just passed that were believers within the Catholic Church. Uh, and that was then expanded as, so they had All Saints Day, and the day before is what we call All Hallows' Eve or Halloween. Halloween, yeah. 
uh, and that was just a day of preparation for this celebration. And then the day after that, so that would be November 2nd, was All Souls Day. And this is a day where they would not just honor the saints, but they would also pray for people who had passed that, you know, were not necessarily believers. And they thought that they were praying on their behalf, doing penance and things like that to maybe lift these people out of purgatory Mm -hmm. and into heaven. Uh, So definitely not something as far as doctrine that that we hold to as a practice. Right. Uh, But there are some religious roots to, yeah, that holiday. And you can definitely see how the Catholic Church uh, used their best efforts to kind of sway people away from the pagan ritual Mm -hmm. of Samhain and attempted to uh, direct people back to God um, through praying and, and fellowship with others. Yeah, and you see the, like. you see it in a lot of different holidays um, where it's either that or vice versa, where they take something that was religious and turn it into something pagan, or yeah. it's the church attempting to confront the culture and change the culture and make a shift towards things that are more, uh, you know, religiously centered. Right. So, so it's got its pagan roots um, thousands of years ago. And then, like you just mentioned, the Pope attempted to turn it around. And at some point, the, the lines became blurred. And, and now we have this holiday where you dress up as your favorite superhero or, or princess, as your daughters do. And you go knock on doors for candy. You go trick-or-treat. Actually, I want to interject. Last year, my four-year-old daughter at that time was Spider-Woman or Spider-Girl. So not a princess. But she will be uh, somebody from Frozen this year. So that's fair. <laughs> okay. Hey, let it go, man. So yeah. basically, is it, how do you say it, is it right for Christians to celebrate Halloween? Yeah, I think it just matters how you define celebrating and what aspects of it that you are celebrating. So to dress up as, you know, an innocent character, a superhero, whatever, go door to door and get candy, uh, I don't see... It doesn't seem to be any... There's not an issue with that, right? And we at the church, we do something called Fall Fest, and people have fall festivals where they have you know, a safe environment where people can come and hang out and fellowship and yeah. get candy and all that. So there's, there's no arguing that that stuff... You know, My daughter doesn't know the Celtic traditions and, right. and wearing the face of a horse that they had skinned or something weird like that. Uh, so in that aspect, certainly not. But then when you get into some of the, the mischief and the more adult-themed ways of you know celebrating where yeah. the costumes can become more promiscuous and uh, you know you go to, to parties where there's heavy drinking and and all those sorts of things it, it can become a problem or mm-hmm. you can take it to the extreme you know Wiccans and Satanists these are this is a high holy day for them where they have a lot of uh, you know the seances where they get around the candles and um, you know do these chants and all these things to right. to try and contact the dead. So, of course, in those ways, we would say, you know, that's a no-go for Christians because that's celebrating and participating in practices that don't glorify God. So it's kind of kind of obvious in that sense, but I can see where people question, you know, is it all right? Because I'll, I will say this, Halloween, regardless, is not a top-tier issue when it comes to the doctrines of our faith, right? Um, it's not the gospel, right? The gospel... In, it's not unforgivable. Yeah, it's it's, you know... We believe in who Christ was, what he did for us, and how we are saved and how we are sanctified. Like, it's not any of that, mm. right? Yeah. So we can't say, you know, with this blanket statement, if any Christian celebrates any aspect of Halloween, they can't be a true Christian, right? You can't say that because it's just not It's not fair. It's not true. right? Um, but we also wouldn't want to say that you're free to celebrate in any way that you want because 
you know, people could take that too far and do things that they shouldn't. So ultimately it comes down to your conscience, right? What it is, um, you know, is, it's not an obvious sin, but, but is it something that your conscience bears witness to or against? Mm-hmm. Uh, a passage that kind of talks about this is in 1 Corinthians 8, and I didn't bring my Bible, but if you'll Can it read? hit it on your phone. Uh, if you want to read, I think it's 1 Corinthians 8, 4 through something. Yeah, it's very short. If you want to follow along, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 8, 4 through the rest of the chapter um, in the ESV. It says this, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as already offered to an idol, and their conscience being defiled is weak, or being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. All right. Yeah, so in this passage, he's talking to the church in Corinth, and they are coming from a pagan or Gentile background. They did not have a, a faith background. They didn't know the Jewish laws and all those things. So for them, to have meat was just their ordinary part of the day. Well, for Jews, they had meat that was unclean that they couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. Or if it was meat that would otherwise be un, would, would be clean, that was sacrificed to an idol in a temple or something, that would still be unclean. They couldn't go and buy that from the market afterwards because it, right, its origins were were evil, right, or pagan. Right. Uh, so it's the question of do the origins ruin the current practices? Uh, and, and I would say no, because for instance, in Babylon, there they had the practice of baptism where they it was it was pagan, but they would it was a ritual where they would bathe each other to uh, cleanse themselves from whatever. Uh, well, Jews also had baptism, and now and today in the Christian church, in our church, just like we talked about last week, you know, baptism is a, is a big deal for us. It's mm-hmm. how we identify ourselves with Christ and with the church. That's a good point. I didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, but it comes down to conscience, or, uh, you know, it, if I see nothing wrong with my daughters dressing up, going trick-or-treating, getting candy, uh, but I've got a friend who came out of New Age religion or was a former Satanist or, or Wiccan or whatever, mm. and for them, this everything that is celebrated during the season is closely connected with how they used to believe. They might not be able to participate in trick-or-treating without associating it with other evil things. So for me, it would be wrong to say to my former Wiccan neighbor, hey, come trick-or-treating with us and bring your kids, and uh, you know, it could cause them to stumble back into former mm. ways. So it all just depends on context and, and who we are with and, and what our conscience bears witness about. Yeah, um, and that's a good explanation. I think Paul says elsewhere, I, I believe in Galatians, I mean, he says, you know, all things are, I think it's Galatians, he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are good. All things are lawful, but I will not be dominated by anything. 
So you're right. It, it is a matter of, or, or Paul's right. You know, it's a matter of conscience. Um, and, and you would be wrong to, to say that to your friend coming out of that lifestyle. Um, it's all about glorifying Christ. And so I think it's safe to say that um, there's nothing inherently wrong with dressing up like as a princess for your daughter uh, or frozen, whatever. And spider girl. And trick or treating with parent supervision. Where, where, where it gets wrong is, is when you start to um, put evil on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like when you dress up as Michael Myers or Jason. I mean, my neighbor from where I live right now at my house, he has a Michael Myers figure in his garage sitting in the garage on a couch. Mm. And so he's a good guy. Um, I've just recently gotten to know him. But when, when you start to promote this evil, um, things that, you know, you, you, you just don't want to be a part of, that's, that's where it can go wrong. Uh, because the Christian life is about turning away from evil, turning away from yourself, turning away from the world, and uh, becoming uh, or living that life. You are a new creation. You know, we 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 have passed away from our former self, and uh, to to give evil that 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 threshold is is you need to be wary of it. Yeah, and I would I would be lying if I said that I hadn't occasionally enjoyed watching scary movies and stuff. Mm. Uh, but to imitate those things and to, you know, have the, the paranormal activity marathon and, and Netflix and all that. And mm-hmm. uh, some of that you're inviting those types of influences into your mind, even if you don't realize it, um, you know, it can definitely create a foothold that later on, you know, you're more tempted to to turn to things other than God for, for answers. Exactly. That's where people get in trouble. And think about it. When a kid dresses up as whatever fig, whatever figure they are, you know what? What do they normally say? What, what was? What's the question? Who were you for Halloween? I was a Power Ranger. I was uh, Joe Burrow. You know, the, like the language is, I was that person. Mm-hmm. So to say some to dress up as uh, uh, an evil figure like Michael Myers and say I was Michael Myers, you are in essence, putting yourself in that place. Um, although I know literally you're not, but you're representing him mm-hmm. because you are dressed as him. And that's your name for the night. And so um, you just want to be wary of it. But I agree with you. So what you're saying is I can be a Power Ranger. You can claim it. Mm. <laughs> well, if I was, I would be the red one. Oh, definitely. So Maybe either him or the white one. Because the white one had those cool shoulder pads, you know. I was a kid. I used to try and do the backflips running up the back of the tree and uh, quickly realized I was not actually a Power Ranger. <laughs> so don't do that. All right. So, yeah. And we're not saying, you know, you got to dress up as John the Baptist or, or Peter or Jesus or any of those things. Yeah. Um, you know, have fun and, and stuff. But it's just keeping in mind who we're bearing witness to, like you're saying. I think yeah. that's good. Something and, that Dr. Fred Lauer used to say, who is who is uh, who our pastor... Brother Randy was under for a long time. He, as far as like Christmas goes, and and all holidays like that, he said, allow kids to be kids. Use their imagination. Um, And I would say that's you. Use your imagination. Um, But do not give the devil any sort of foothold in your life. 
And if it goes against your conscience, what you're doing, and you think and know it's wrong, don't participate in it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And just one more reminder, uh, check your candy, kids. <laughs> Definitely check <laughs> Although, despite news reports, no one has ever officially been killed by eating uh, candy from a stranger on Halloween. Really? According to the internet, so, you know. The internet's always right. Yeah. Stick to the butterscotch, you know? You don't bite into it. Yeah, I mean, you can't hide drugs and dots. There's no, no razor blades in Twizzlers, so. That's right, because you got to open the box first. That's right. If the box is open. You know it's been tampered with. Kids, be safe, be smart, be, be sanctified. Safe. No, for, for real, but thanks thanks for uh, being with us. Thanks for tuning in to us. Uh, we really do appreciate you listening, and we hope you got something out of it. Um, we hope that you can learn. Um, you know, this is fun. I enjoy doing this, and we hope to have you back just a few uh, or in many more episodes, as long as you keep the jokes to a minimum. I can do that. <laughs> I'm playing. No, those are good. All right, well, we'll pray, and then we'll get out of here. Father, um, thank you for this day. Thank you for all of the listeners. Thank you for Woody. Um, just, just being on here with me and talking about this subject. I pray for everyone listening, whether it be as soon as it comes out or, or weeks or months or years down the road. I pray that even just through a conversation about the, the fall season and Halloween, I pray that they would be able to learn and grow. And ultimately, Christ, I pray that your name would be uplifted. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, uh, I pray that you would uh, soften their hearts uh, to, 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 to know you for the people that don't. Um, I pray, Lord, that if I said anything that was uh, out of bounds, that it would fall on deaf ears. And, Lord, I pray that um, we would glorify your name going forward. We love you, Christ. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. Peace. Hey, man. I saw a ghost at the doctor the other day. They went for a stuffy nose. You know what the doctor told him? What? He had too many boogers. <laughs> boogers. Ha. <laughs> ha. <laughs> Good stuff. Gosh. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>